Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese. Back once again with that damn Dirty Duck Matt Page. And our Wazoo fanboy of fanboys, the soul man without a soul patch, Brian. So- <laughs> yeah, that's no a good question. Patch. Why doesn't Go he have a soul patch? Today. What's going on around here? I what? shaved today? Yeah, right. you look 40 years younger. Oh, thank you. So it makes me 50 years old then. <laughs> Normally, I wow. look way older. Oh, no, I, I was going to say negative 30. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, see, you know, he was trying to be nice. And you, but you that just... means I'm not alive then, so. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure you have enemies that are happy, with, would be happy with that. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a great show today. We're uh, going to be talking uh, Cougars and Huskies in our first segment. Uh, Rich Michelson, the Ram, is going to join us for some Sounders talk. And then all the way from SoCal, the SoCal Seahawk himself, Rob English, will join us in our third segment. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Matt, you actually came up with some questions for our Cougars and for our Husky fans. Yeah, being an impartial uh, observer um, for the college football scene in the state of Washington, uh, although I, I am an Eagles fan, I have to admit my bias. Uh I, uh, I I didn't I didn't want to ask some questions. I, I had there's there's a lot of changes this year. Looking forward to uh, to seeing both uh, both Washington and Washington State on the field. Um, there's going to be some some interesting new coaches for both. Well, at least a full time coach for Wazoo and a brand new coach for for UW. Um, seeing how the programs change as they as they uh, move forward. And so uh, why don't I just dive right in? We're going to start uh, talking about coaches. I'm I'm going to start with. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna point at you, Abraham. Um, so at UW, this uh, Kalen Debo Deboer is it Deboer or Debo- Debauer? Okay, tell me about him. Debo- what what are his uh, what what kind of strengths does he bring to the program? What what what's his deal? What's his what's his what's he's known for? What what's yeah? His, uh, what's his what's, what's his sign? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about a sign, but I will say this: uh, uh, dude comes from uh, an extensive background of uh, assistant coaching, and then. Uh, finally took uh, the head co- coach, coaching job at Fresno State just a couple of years ago. Everywhere he's gone, there's been a market improvement. Uh, the biggest one would be when he became offensive coordinator for the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, they went from a, a three and nine win season to a nine and four win season. Uh, and then when he went to Fresno State uh, to become a head coach, took them from a two win season. Uh, and within three years, they became a 10 win team. And I would he, have to. He used a UW cast off, didn't he? What's that? He used a UW cast off, a Jake that you guys weren't using at quarterback, didn't he? That is right. Uh, Jake Hayner, who lost out to Jacob Eason. And for many of us fans, thought that was a mistake to let Jake Hayner go. Um, he went on to be a superstar, and Jake Eason went on to be the third worst quarterback on the Seahawks. No, actually, he's a Panther this morning, I believe. Oh, as of this morning, he's the fourth worst Panther. Yes. TV? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, but uh, DeBoer brings uh, he brings an attacking offense. Uh, I, I got a snide little comment from Matt about it being a, uh, a, a what would you call it a gimmick a gimmick offense. I, that is, that would be my uh, one of my questions down the road here. Yes, uh, isn't it well, dangerously did, close I, to one of those gimmick offenses? I did watch uh, some. Uh, videos and I did read several articles about this. Um it's actually probably the maybe it's a gimmick in that it's not a gimmick. If that's if that's odd to say. Um so he uses <laughs> different playbooks for every team. So he's a Belichick. The, the pay, Billich, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So 
from one game, like I watched one against Oregon because I just wanted to see, you know, what Indiana would do against Oregon. Uh, and it was one complete set of one complete set of plays. And then the very next game, uh it was against Wisconsin or something to that effect. Uh, uh no Michigan State. And it, it was like a completely different playbook. Uh he does he does go more towards the pass game than he does the run game. Um, but from game to game, uh, he targets individuals on the other teams, a lot like Bill Walsh used to do. Um, find the weakest player, uh, cover up your weakest players, that kind of thing. Um, so ex- expect a very varied offense, varied formations. Uh, now, does that work at a power five team? I've I've seen against the SEC that kind of offense fail a lot. You know, well, I've technically seen Indiana of... is a Power Five team, and they oh, were good really point. good under him. Good point. But now he's the head coach as opposed to the OC, True. so he's got to manage this entire you know uh, system rather than just you know uh, just being able to call the plays. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but uh, it'll be more exciting, Matt, than John Donovan last year hmm. and the run on first down, oh, run man. on second down. Why not just run on third down? Um, you meant okay, so yeah, that was that was a boring and painful <laughs> to watch, even for people rooting for the team against you. It was it was painful to watch. Uh, but that you bring it up to he's a, he's the head coach now. That's it's on his shoulders. Um, is, is he going to continue the uh, the line? You guys have a, a a long streak of producing NFL caliber defense. Uh, is that going to come to an end under him? Is he going to be able to continue to draw that that defensive talent, or is he going to be I, more offensive? I have a note for this later, but I'm going to bring it up now since you've asked. Uh, he is a kind of Kyle Whittingham type of recruiter. Okay. I don't know if that's based off the type of teams that he's been on, but he goes for those three star guys. He does not go for the five-star guys. Maybe that changes at UW, but he's all about increasing the potential of a young and hungry player over. Okay. Uh, you so know, he uh, goes for the guys who feel like they have something to prove. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, it works at Utah. Used used to work at Boise State. Actually, still kind of works at Boise State. And I believe Oregon kind of even did that too, right? Yep. They grabbed three-star guys that. Well, other teams overlooked. Right? One of them, one of them won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Well, uh, looking over across the state at Washington State University, uh, Jake Dickert is uh, getting a first full season after taking over what what was arguably a bit of a disaster season for Washington State last year. I think he did a, a great job managing and riding the ship. But is he ready for the big time? And we saw the the headline from uh, from the Athletic. I think he was called the the guy with the the coach with the least experience of all time, or something at power in a Power Five conference. Solak, what what do you, what do you think? Uh, first of all, I disagree on it being a disaster. We went, we did go to a bowl game. We did, but well, yes, that there... was due to him riding the ship. I think it was you lose your head coach and have all that controversy around you. Yeah, with what Rolovich did and firing him and just lots of turnover seemed to come after that. But yeah, he, Jake came in and uh, I, I have no concerns of him being part of the power five, because I, I just think he knows how to manage his players. He brought in an excellent coaching staff uh, last year. They could have just, you know, he could have just came in thinking, Oh, I'm an in- intern. So I'll not give a hundred percent, but he, he did. 
he made sure every coach and every player did their job. And um, what I, what other thing I wanted to say about it? it's just the fact that the fact that this team has had last year's team, especially the seniors, had so much go on during their four or five, six years in college or more. If you're th- talking about Jayhod Woods, um, but they had, they had we'll to go to through. Yeah. <laughs> they had they had three players die over their tenure there, yeah. and the Rolovich bullshit and uh, props to him. And I'm excited for his full first full year. Now he's, he, he, yeah, he was a defensive coordinator. He's a defensive mind. Who did he bring in? Uh, and how, and what kind of offenses are you planning to run this year? Um, is it going to give you a continuation of the air raid or, you know, throw 500 times a game like uh, Rolovich and, uh, and Leach did, or is there going to be a, a real change in, in mentality? Great, great question. They brought in a guy named Eric Morris. Uh, he was a former offensive coordinator at the one and only Incarnate Word, where our starting quarterback Cameron Ward is from, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Eric Morris has a background in running the air raid offense, so he's going to bring okay. the air raid offense to Pullman. They say about 60% pass, 40% run, a little less than Mike Leach did when he was here. Uh-huh. Um and another cool thing they're bringing in is we're going to have a freaking tight end on the offense. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had a tight end in so long. I'm excited for that. Maybe Pete Carroll should watch your games. <laughs> I, I think the offense will still be a focus. I, like I said, it's they predict 60, 40, but I don't, it's, I don't see it being an issue. I mean, I'm looking forward to this year and I know we're going to talk about the record if we have time, but. It's going to be a good year. All right. Uh, well, moving on to uh, – we're going to focus on a little – I got some specific questions about the offense there in, in University of Washington, Abraham. Uh, so there's, there, was, uh, there was quite the competition in camp uh, for who would, uh, who would be your, your number one quarterback, and Michael Penix Jr. is the, the heir apparent, I guess. Um, and I understand, he, you know, it might be more to due to his uh, – his experience with with the Boers' offense in Indiana, um, you know, I mean, yeah, they, but, yeah, he, but yeah. is that is that why Sam Heward lost the job, or, or you know, I mean, I I, I understand that that Phoenix has. Uh, Hang on, one one question at a time, dude. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Phoenix has two years of eligibility. Actually, I looked it up. Yeah. So it's not just a one time one guy coach bringing his favorite guy in. So what kind of a system he's going to build a, a, like you said, he was going to build a gimmick, a not gimmick offense. Yeah. So there's three, there's three. Uh, I read into you three questions there. So let me <laughs> first, first let's drop this pretense in college football that there is a, there is a battle like quarterback. Okay. There's no, there was never any battle at UW. Sure as hell wasn't any battle at Wazoo. No battle at Arizona, no battle at Oregon, and no battle at USC. All those transfers got the job. It was theirs to lose. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Penix was brought in to be the quarterback. He's He understands the system. It, fought, it, it showed in his statistics, 100, uh, I'm sorry, 1,600 yards passing, 14 TDs and four interceptions when – DeBoer was his coach and he had a, he had more interceptions than touchdowns when he wasn't his coach. Uh, Dudes never played a full season, six Mm -hmm. games max. Okay. So 
I'm excited for his ability when he's on the field. Nervous that five games in, he'll get put turned into a pretzel, a la Rashad Penny from the Seahawks. And then finally, finally, uh, your last question about Sam Heward. Uh, maybe he needs to go. I mean, if he can't even beat out Dylan Moore, who was awful last year, last two years, wow, yeah. um, if he can't even get him out for second place, maybe he needs to go Utah State, uh, Boise State, I don't know where. But I mean, like, maybe there's a better fit for him somewhere else. And last point, uh, bonus point, uh, you asked me if it feels weird not having a Heward at UW. Luke Heward, who was the third brother, that's right. Played was, in North Carolina. Yeah, he was like across about, the country. That's right. Like about 15 years ago. Anyway. Um, it, now, and it's Damon's kid, right? Yes. Okay. Luke is his. Luke is the uncle. Might be, might, Brock might is his be uncle. Luke's, I know that. It doesn't matter. No. It, anyway. Anyway. Um, but I also wanted to ask you, uh, who's going to be the running back? Um, there is. Uh, they brought a guy from uh, Virginia named Wayne. Uh, Tola Papa, I believe is his name. Okay. He's more of a scat back, which I think is where uh, in the past, DeBoer has used uh, speedy, zippy re- receiving running backs over, uh, you know, every. He, he uses more, you know, like rotation as well in his running backs. Yeah. So that's bad. So that's bad news for the existing running backs like Cameron Davis and Richard Newton, who are more like your traditional tailbacks in the uh, I formation. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the 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 year that Indiana went like they finished the season like top ten or something like that. I remember it was a dynamic duo of running backs. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. just one guy. Okay. Think, think more. I don't think Wayne uh, Tapula Papa is as good as Max Borgi, but that's the type of okay, running. kind of an all purpose. Yeah, do everything. Um, and Max Borgie's name may come up again here shortly. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay, well, you know what? We've already brought him up. Why don't we just lean into that? Uh, so, Solak, who takes over for one of my – probably one of my most recent – at least one of my most recent favorite running backs, I have to admit. I really enjoyed watching him play. I really admire him. He had, he's a big big pair of shoes there at Wazoo. He forced two different air raid offenses to give him the ball – and and you know how hard it is for air raid offenses to give the ball to a running back and waste plays on running. Um, uh, who who's going to fill in, and will they be able to steal as many reps as as Borgie was able to? I thoroughly believe that they'll be able to get more reps this year because, like we were talking about earlier, they're more committed to the run. Okay. Um, uh, it's sad to see Max go too. I was a huge fan, as you guys know. Uh, but our starting running back's a guy named Nakia Watson. He transferred in last year from Wisconsin. So, and usually running backs that go to Wisconsin, if they leave, it's because there's someone else there that's much better than them. But they seem to acquire, you know, a couple good backs every year. It's like a running back university. So I, there's do. positivity yeah. there. He did play in the Sun Bowl last year, and he I thought he did pretty well. And then there's like three or four just young kids, none, no names that stood out to me or – just by looking at their stats that freshman and sophomore. So we'll see who can step it up. Um, but I think the, I know you didn't bring this up, but I think the running game is going to, they got a, uh, all new offensive line this year. So that's, that might be an issue, but I, we have a new offensive line coach. I had to bring up Pete Caligas 
He was on the 1991 Dogs National Championship team, former offensive lineman who's coached for 13 years. I want to say Wyoming last 13 years. But this guy, this guy's got good football knowledge, and I don't see any issues with our line. Maybe, oh, maybe you're going to miss Lucas, but I miss Abe Lucas, yeah. yes, <laughs> and and Liam Ryan and a couple others, but. I'm I'm excited to see what's next. All right, so then we're going to talk about the big transfer that you brought in this year, and, and I didn't I didn't I didn't know that your offensive coordinator was also from Incarnate Word, which just for those out there is not a swear word; it's a college. <laughs> it's not it's not a fancy word of saying a swear word. It's it's, it's a college Incarnate Word. They're F no, they're not FCS. They're below FCS, aren't they? I believe so. Division three. Uh, no. Their division, uh, their FCS? They, they, they made, they just came to FBS. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like they're on, the, they're on the same level as Eastern then now. No, 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 reference? no, F, FBS. Oh, so they're, they're, whoa, they're FBS now? Just as of a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, uh, then they must be in like the Sun Belt or one of those that is, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Cameron Ward, uh, is your new quarterback. What should I know about him and how, uh, if I was uh, another team that needed to tackle him, uh, how would I go about it? Ooh, good. Too many questions for me to process, but I'll, I'll see what I, the best I can do here. Um, Cameron Ward, like we said, he's a transfer in from Incarnate Word. And hearing Abe say that they've been in the, uh, the top tier of college football the last couple uh, of years. No, I, I got to correct myself. I had to look it up because it was bugging me. Okay. I got them mixed up with the uh, University of uh, Texas San Antonio. Okay. Uh, they've and... been they've been FBS for a long while. No. Roadrunners. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, I got them mixed up with a different team that's located in Texas. Okay. 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 So they're FCS or are they at Division Three? They're FCS, just okay. like Eastern. Okay, so they're okay. on the same level as Eastern Washington, just for reference. Well, either either way, Cameron Ward. It was a transfer portal. Like Abe was saying, but the, uh, all the other quarterbacks this year in the Pac-12, there's going to be a lot of new ones. They're all going to come in and start, and should be pretty exciting, actually, to watch this year. But that's besides the point. But Cameron Ward threw 71 touchdowns and 6,900 yards in his two years uh, with Eric Morris as his offensive coordinator. So he he knows the the air raid. And th they say the guy's – has I mean he's 20 years old but the his knowledge is through the roof and I guess oh maybe a couple good edge rushers might be able to stop him on the run when you're referring to your oh. your second question or third whatever it was how many is it just a one year this is your senior is this a one year of eligibility oh, he's got two years oh he's got two at years least, also at least two years yeah okay yeah I mean they so. can he can go out as a junior what a quote unquote junior just like um uh, the UW quarterback who I'm already completely blanked on. My apologies, Michael. <laughs> That's <Phoenix>. okay. Uh, <laughs> real quick to finish that. Uh, yeah. I'm looking off your question sheet from the pre-show, but you said, why did Brick Dicker bring him in? Number one, because the guy's a superstar. Number two, our, our bench, like our back four backups are all, they're all worse than our Seahawk quarterback. That's how bad they are. And he, he didn't, he had slim pickings if he didn't bring somebody in and he was fortunate to, Bring in Cam Ward. So well, it does make sense if he's if he's familiar with the offensive coordinator and and the system that he runs, 
then he'll know that he'll have that pre-existing knowledge from the get-go. That's that's going to be that's going to be fun to see, fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, add that to the higher level of talent at the at the Division One level or FBS level. Um, you'll have better receivers and and so forth that you're playing with. So yeah, we'll see how that how that works. Moving quickly on, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go to defense real fast. Uh, we're gonna do defense fairly quickly because I wanna I wanna hit the schedules a little bit, but. Um, defense for UW Abraham ZTF is he back? Should I fear yeah, him? Because uh, I did. Fatui, ZTF. That's right. Uh, he came back from his Achilles injury last year. Had an amazing 2020 up until he tore that Achilles. Uh, rushed it a little bit back. So before his injury, he had in just uh, six, seven games. He had six games. It was like seven sacks and. Three fumbles, forced, 11 hurries. Or I'm sorry, that was in four games. And then when he came back, he played in five games, had just the one sack and seven quarterback hurries. Hoping that now that he's uh, dropped a couple pounds, that uh, he has a full year removed from injury, that he's healed, we will see. Because if he becomes what we think he is, he'll be something akin to Daryl Taylor of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, not gonna, He's not going to you know, cover anybody in past events. No. But he is a uh, pass rush maniac. And what I mentioned earlier is another pass rusher on the team, Savelle Smalls, five-star recruit. Nobody, I could, it's the stats were like so minimal. Like, I don't even remember seeing him on the field. <laughs> ZTF in just five games has much better stats. Oh, yeah. Three-star recruit. No, I, yeah, ZTF is a, is a nickname that most pack names, pack teams know and, and, uh, um, it's good that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to fear him. We're gonna have to game plan for him this year. <clears throat> um, you lost both starter and corners to the NFL draft. Uh, is the depth ready to step up? Oh come on! Any team can lose a Kyler Gordon in the first round and uh, Trent McDuffie in the second round. That's easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an issue. Uh, the guys coming in, uh, Jordan Perry uh, is from UC Davis. He was All American. Uh, uh, at, at the FCS level. I don't know what that translates to the FBS level, so that's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Michelle Powell from O'Day. Uh, he played as the nickelback last year. We'll see what that conversion is like to at cornerback. It's a completely different position. Yeah. Um, now moving back across to Wazoo, uh, Jihad Woods. I, I, I wrote this in the pre notes. I swear it's like he played for Wazoo for like 20, 15, 20 years. Uh, the guy was always there, and he was always tackling. He was a tackling machine. Uh, he was a real leadership uh, and, and a great, great part of that defense. Who's stepping up to that role? Who's taking over? I have five names, but obviously I'm only going to pick one of them, and my choice is Diane Henley, a linebacker. He transferred from Nevada, and he's he's a senior Last year, he had 103 tackles, four picks, three fumble recoveries, and was just a true leader on and on and off the field. What I read about him, so I think I see him coming in, st- in taking the reins here. All right, uh, <clears throat> you had uh, you had Ron Ron Stone and Brennan Jackson, who are a dynamic duo uh, pass rushers last year. Uh, you, you think they're going to take a next step up, and I and 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 I should be worried for my quarterback if I'm another Pac-12 uh, team. I is they stay healthy they are I mean you know me and my stats and I brought this to the table too they had both of them last year combined for 109 tackles 17 and a half t- tackles for loss nine sacks like almost 80 
quarterback pressures. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really do. I, and they got, I believe they got a new defensive line. Well, they got a new defensive coordinator from from Nevada, but I, I he he's re- they, positive things about him, I guess. I'm trying to say, and so I, I don't see it them slowing down any unless they get hurt. So the, watch that all but all pack 12 for sure and hopefully someone will give him a chance next year you know in the fourth or fifth round okay interesting uh we're gonna look ahead real quick uh give me one player for each of your team that is your you you think will be the mvp the most valuable person maybe not necessarily the person who would get elected such such position because it's sometimes it's a popularity contest but who you think is the most crucial to your team's uh success i will start with abraham Sure. Uh, wide receiver Jaden McDaniel, uh, the best receiver on the team. Dylan Moore last year couldn't get him the ball. Uh, very reminiscent of what we're about to see with the Seahawks. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Michael Penix has the ability to get him uh, the darn ball, as Keyshawn Johnson would say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Solak. I uh, I would say Cameron Ward, starting quarterback. I mean. Mm-hmm. If he if if he can come in and you know achieve those st- statistics that he had the last couple of years against the Pac-12 teams, I mean it's going to be a pretty damn good season it should be. But if he turn comes in and can't handle the pressure, we're going to be going back to the Paul Wolf years and probably go on zero and twelve or whatever how many games we got. So Cameron Ward is the big deal. So we'll, that's my choice. All right. Um, looking, looking now at the schedule, I want to hear both of you give me your predicted wins losses. What do you think? Be realistic. You know, I don't want to see, I don't want to hear 12 and 0 or whatever. I'm, I don't believe that. I'm sorry, but neither of your teams <laughs> is going to go undefeated. Uh, I'm not saying my team will beat you. I'm just saying you're not going to go undefeated. Give me a realistic win loss you're aiming for. Uh, you think your team is can accomplish this year? Uh, I, t- I cheered it for you. Um, so Six wins is what the fans should expect. The Husky fans should expect. Okay. Uh, no matter how much talent there is on the defensive line and on the, uh, you know, offensive side of the ball, new QB, new coach, you have to you have to add a couple losses. Yeah. Just oh yeah. Brand new everything. Um, eight wins is what I call a successful year. Okay. Especially if one of those is against Wazoo, Oregon, or Michigan State, we can yeah. take that as yeah. you know market improvement. And then I think it tops out at 10 wins. And that's if Michael Penix is healthy. Uh, you know, nobody gets injured, that kind of thing. You know, uh, Jackson Kirkland comes back looking like uh, the offensive tackle he was in 2020 rather than 2021, that kind of thing. Okay. All right. That's fair. Solak? Uh, the Cougar, when I was looking at it again pre-show, was, was saying eight wins, four losses, but we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, re- realistically, though, with a new coach as well and lots of new players and a new quarterback, uh, six and six. I think, I think we can play five hundred ball. I mean, oh, we go to we go to Wisconsin, USC. We got Oregon at home. And those are three guaranteed losses right there. I don't see no miracles happening those three nights anyway. So, um, I know you didn't ask this, but I have to bring up one thing. The, my game of the year will not be the Apple Cup, but it'll be late November when they travel to Arizona to see last year's quarterback Jaden Delara starting. So, oh, that's right, that's where he wound up. Okay. Yep. Um. So wrapping wrapping up, I'm gonna I want to hear your final thoughts, but first I want to share. Uh, the Athletic has just posted their top 100 and 
19 or whatever it is. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on your ranking either. Uh, also, um, I'm having to scroll down pretty far. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, uh-huh. Washington State is uh, number 41, okay. uh, three below UCLA. And I'm scrolling down even further past Oregon State at 49. And I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. And here's Cal at 68, Stanford 69, and Washington at 72, right above Arizona State. Um, I think uh, Jimmy Lake did enough damage to this team and this institution to warrant not expecting anything okay. out of this team, uh, which is why I listed a 6-6 six and six record as an expectation. Um, Reasonable. Yeah. I think that's way too low as far as the talent that's on the team. But if you take into account, like I said, new coach, new quarterback who never gets, who never stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. New, you know, new defense. They have this, they're, they're running effectively a nickel on every play. Uh, so yeah, new, new everything. So uh, that ranking reflects that. Well, and I've, I've, I also want to real quick say, I, I've always found I prefer to be ranked lower to start the year. Um, it just seems like too much, too much. Maybe I'm superstitious, but every time my team gets ranked high, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to blow that right away. <laughs> you know, oh, that's what happened to the Huskies last year. Uh, they lost to Montana ranked, uh, 17th or 18th or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they were the first top 20 team to ever lose to an FCS team. Well, I can tell you, you've already moved up a spot because number 70 is Nebraska. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, what, do, what do you think about your ranking, Soul Man? 40, what did you say, 41? I believe I'm so. Shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, yeah, I know we got we got a lot of talent, but we lost a lot of talent last year, too. So, oh, we got better perform to expectation. Let me change that question then. Brian, what do you think about um, had Jaden Deloria stayed? Uh, that's, that is a great question. You'd maintain that continuity, yeah. You'd feel better if you were still... Here. that is a freaking great question <laughs> i i don't i don't think he would have lasted i really don't i think he's just too small and when i don't yeah so you think he's gonna get creamed in, in arizona I, this year i think he's i think he will get creamed i mean maybe i'm being too negative maybe he would have succeeded but he he gave up last year the last two games it, fortunately we won the apple cup is because the dogs put in the heward kid which was dumb i think you guys would have won if they put more in um and and but he he you could tell he could tell he didn't give a crap anymore i mean i i talked to a guy from the spokane paper and he said he, he could tell just it was pretty much actually after our, our Rolovich got fired. He was really close with Rolovich, and mm-hmm. you could tell he, he was stepping away from his leadership role on the team, oh. and it's okay. pretty sad. So, uh, I do hope you have a, a loss penciled in for Week Four. By the way, uh, well, I said that's one one of my three. I, I said so. Okay, for, for sure losses. Just, just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that, we have Brian. What is Wazoo's record in the last uh, I don't know eight years against uh, Oregon? Oh, what are we? Are we at least five and three? Or I don't think something like that. It's, anyway, it's either five uh, and three or six and two. Actually, it's... I brought up a little bit earlier. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes, because I was always a big supporter of kids should be able to transfer. I mean, oh it's, yeah, it sucks. But 
as I look at the tra- how they're using the transfer portal, it's getting a little nuts. It's. I don't like this idea of it just being unfettered. Like there should be some rules attached to this. Um, and I, and I it just I look at the Pac-12, and what I brought up earlier was how many are transfer I mean, quarterbacks? Yeah, everybody's a transfer. Like and. There's like you two know, that, are, been there, that were there last year. The Jaden Deloria thing? Yeah. I yeah. think, and I have no proof, no proof at all. But I think an alumni gave him some money and said, come to Arizona. Oh, That's possible. After their that's other, certainly well, possible. Well, didn't they have that? Or no, am I thinking of ASU that had the quarterback that bailed? I'm thinking of ASU. Never mind. Yeah, ASU went to LSU or whatever. Yeah, never mind. Um, and, and so I just kind of wonder, like, not, not that I'm saying that you just – that any college deserves your loyalty. Like no, nobody deserves your loyalty. They, um, they, they have to earn it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's just still like, all right, we're, we're fully going into pay for play at this point. And yeah, we've crossed over. And it's like Deloria, you were a starter. Uh, who's got USC Caleb Williams, is that right? Yeah, Williams, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Slovis is now at Pitt, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so USC, you know, brings in uh, 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 the new head coach from Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. And so Lincoln Riley, hey, whispering over here to my star quarterback, why don't you come with me? Yeah. A little gross. I mean – well the problem is i can see the argument from both sides because it's it's a it's a matter of future employment these guys are i mean you don't go you don't go to division one football in in college without wanting to have dreams of the nfl i mean so you want as a quarterback there's only one only one on each team that can start at a given time and you want to have the best possible opportunity to put you on display as your resume for the draft to land with a with an NFL team, uh, so I can kind of understand if they Caleb see the Williams, the wind shifting and they want to leave. Caleb Williams wouldn't have been draftable with Oklahoma. Well, he knew that he knew the quarterback, he knew the coach, and he knew the he knew the system that the coach was going to run. So he and he'd spent years learning the system. So why doesn't he just keep going with the system? Because if you go to the NFL, you're going to learn a new system anyway. This is your opportunity to prove that you can run a new system. Yeah, but he might he might you know, struggle under the new system and not quite pick it up and it might make him look bad and he might get drafted in the second round instead and that'll hurt well, his I think that would be salary. a very cowardice that would be a very coward way to operate. You should always bet on yourself. You should never bet on that kind of thing. Well NFL talent evaluators may take that into what? account. I gotta throw in Bo Nix, but you don't think he could have been drafted in the NFL but staying no. at Auburn? I don't I have zero expectations of Bo Nix. I'm okay Bo with Nix. him being knocked off the roster halfway through the year. I can't say I can't count on you know one finger how many times I ever felt sorry for Oregon, but uh, you have <laughs> I'm not happy having Bo Nix as our quarterback. I can tell you that and right now. I told you this. I told you that they were going to bring in Bo Nix and he was going to be the starter because that's how this is all working now. Yeah, like, I'm unhappy about it. It, it sucks because it used to be, uh, and this happened with the this happened with UW with uh, you. You mentioned Jake Hayner at yeah. Fresno State. He beat Jake Eason in spring. He did, mm-hmm. and and didn't he also beat the the Stanford Cardinal at the farm with like a broken spleen or something crazy? I'm not certain what you're referring to, but I'm just saying like 
he he proved that he was as a Fresno State quarterback. He he proved that he was a starter at UW, and because they brought in Jake Eason from uh, oh, it was uh, UCLA. Georgia. That's what it was. It was at the Rose Bowl. He had the game of his life last year, or it was yeah, it was last year. Jake Hayner. Sorry, yeah, my apologies. Anyway, I'm just saying, like this is re- this is this is what I'm thinking. It's ridiculous too. It's like they're they're transferring people in. In my opinion, I have no proof with a promise that you get to be the starter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's totally you know because think of the I'm I'm trying to blank I'm blanking on his name right now, but there was the the wide receiver from Pitt that like every college across the country wanted. And UCLA finally landed him, but everyone was promising him the world. He went to USC, right? Yeah. And that's probably because NIL money. Could probably, yeah, probably alumni might have done something to, to chip in to help draw him. And, and you know, Leakin Riley's there with the new with the, with the same quarterback and the good system. And and so he's going to get noticed because he's at the UC, USC. And so, yeah, I mean, he was going to – he was he, – he didn't enter the transfer program or portal to go play at Ball State. You know, he was never going to do that. Here's a quick question. You're talking about they got to come up with a system so that these people like Alabama can steal the best quarterback in the country from somebody else. What What do you think they should do? But I mean, you, th- you think they can come up with like a waiver wire and have some of the weaker designate a certain like the maybe the lower ha- to the top fifty. There's the top hundred. The top maybe the lower fifty. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box. No way. Ball st- I like that idea. Waiver wire. And so Ball State gets the first pick and Ball State takes the best available quarterback on the uh, way. Why not? <laughs> if they want to go, they're pretty awesome. you, they can you make leave, their offer. You leave an SEC, you know, like Auburn or whatever because you're not starting. And you, guess what? Ball State drafted you. <laughs> how do you stop it then? Like you're saying. They... Well, I think, well, I think I don't kids. Think stop it. Kids have to have some choice in the matter too, because remember, this is not about the money. This is about their academics. Oh. So they have to have a, the right to choose a college that fits the program that they're going into and majoring I, in. I don't think you stop it as much as you impl- implement some uh, implement some common sense into this. And you know, uh, I don't think common sense and NCA go hand in hand very. Well, but I I think one of the common sense things could be, hey, if you if you transfer, uh, you have to do it outside of your conference. I think that used to be a rule. That used to be a rule. And I don't know where that rule went to. Okay, that that could be one. Number two could be maybe you get one transfer in your in your career. So make it the right one. Oh, well, you used to have to sit for a year. Why don't we do that still? Or yeah, that's that was gonna be my next one. Is like that back. if you're transferring, if you're transferring up, yeah, you should have to sit a year. You know, um, yeah. If you go down to like, if you go from like UW to Eastern, then fine, you can play immediately. But if you're going like same level somewhere, you know, UW to Oregon State or something like that, then you're gonna have yeah, to sit I, for a year. I, I find that ridiculous. I, I um, uh, or like I said, you know, you get one. You get one, you know. One, yep. You know, and the the end result, you're right. The end result here is you're going to have a mercenary, like, really talented, like, wide receiver who's just going to be, like, one year play at Alabama, and then the next year he'll go to LSU, and then the next year USC will grab him. Exactly. And for the fourth year he'll go to 
you know, we're at Penn State or something like that. I don't know, whatever. And and each time he'll pocket some money from the from the um, the uh, alumni association or or something, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, hey, there's another way to go too. Is you make it contractual, where you know you for you forfeit the monies that you uh, like. I go ah. I go to I'm choosing Texas Tech because Texas Tech is going to start playing their paying their players. Uh, thirty thousand per year, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to Texas Tech, and I decide to transfer sophomore year. You have to pay back that amount. Ah, and yeah, but know. but then you're going to have situations where t- if he goes from Texas Tech to Texas, Texas has got the most money of any college on the planet, and they're going to go, yeah, I'll just cut you a check, whatever, and cover you. Yeah, that that's possible, but that's, I mean, it's per- good ideas. It, it, you know, these are just, yeah, like you said, Brian, these are just, just ideas. Spitballing. Yeah. yeah. It's more thinking that I can tell that I can tell you the NCAA is doing about this. Right yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of the NCAA, I guess tomorrow, uh, Friday the 2nd, uh, they are meeting for, um, to discuss, and they're actually going to vote on the expand, potentially expanding the college football playoffs, uh, about up to as much as 12. Oh yeah. Teams. However, I was reading uh, uh, some opinions and, and interviews today, and uh, I, I think the common thinking out there right now is that it's just an absolute like fake vote. Like they're not actually going to do it because I think it requires unanimity, unanimous voting, and oh, okay. and uh, it, it what it is is it's uh, Fox forcing the vote in retaliation or ESPN for no Fox. Whoever signed the big deal recently, the me- it's the media. It's the two media companies that are that are that are it fighting. The basically, Ten, it was the Big Ten with uh, Fox, NBC. Yeah, so it's ESPN forcing the vote. CBS. Basically, yeah. the, the SEC is going, "Hey, we should vote," and they're being told by the ESPN to do it. And the Fox people at Big Ten are going, "No, no, no, we don't want to do that." You know, it's it's because ESPN holds exclusive rights to the CFP for the next what, six years or whatever it is that the, that the deal still goes. And Fox wants some of that money. So it, it, so my point is is that I think the vote that's happening tomorrow is just fake. It's not for real. And it, it's it's kind of – everyone all, they all know all the fans want it. They all know that it, that's where it's eventually going to wind up. But there's a lot of money to fight over, and they all, wanna, yeah. they all want their piece first. So don't yeah, expect it to happen. You know what's weird is uh, – Pac-12 and the ACC were approached by the SEC commissioner, and the SEC commissioner said, uh, "Why don't we expand the expand the playoffs?" Because the SEC knows they're going to get like more than one team oh, yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten Big Ten came to an alliance uh-huh. and decided to adapt, decided to say, "No, no, no, let's not do that." Uh, Big Big Ten. Obviously, there's a reason why they did that, mm-hmm. so they could pick off uh, USC, UCLA, yep. probably Notre Dame, um, and that alliance is now in the trash. Uh, ACC stuck in a miserable contract situation. Miserable, like they're stuck <laughs> till 2036. Yeah, they are. The, they uh, they are. They, it's for, it's a forever contract. It's insane. Yeah, that's terrible. And the back is on the verge of collapse. So yeah, <laughs> Big Ten really stuck a knife in the back of those two conferences. Um, yeah, they did. They were our buddies. The sick, the sick part of this, 
is as disgusting as the Big Ten is, oh God, I want UW in that conference real bad. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it'll be UW and it'll be Oregon paired together. Um, I think where one goes, the other one comes along. I liked your idea. UW and Oregon should go to SEC. Why not? Against each other. Yeah, I would. I you know why not? I mean, at this point, let's drop all pretenses. This is not about academic, <laughs> uh, academic people. You know, kids and in, in students, uh, kids kids in college who are going to school part time, <laughs> but also just happen to be playing a sport. This is this is professional sports at this point. They're all getting paid, if under the table or above the table. And uh, let's just let's just <laughs> cut the bullshit at this point. Um, that's that's the thing. I. I I think what they saw, I think there was somebody who was smart who saw the future with the USFL and the XFL where they were trying to negotiate so that they could they could set it up so that they could have players come out of high school straight into the XFL and do a one-year deal and then go into the NFL. So they become right. a real true minor league and they could skip pretending to go to college courses and stuff. And so I think they, they saw that and they had to seize the opportunity to try and change things so that they don't um, lose, they don't get cut out of it because yeah. if, if the kids immediately become professionals at 18 and they don't have to bother with the schooling, then all, they're all going to jump directly to that minor league and, and, you know, cut out the middleman because the NCAA has all the rules and you can't do this. You can't do that. And you know, if, if, if the new, if, if the XFL is lax on pot use and, and things like that, then, you know, Hey, that's even more, you know, of a draw for the kids and, and, and so forth. So I think, I think what ha what's happening here is that the college has realized, Hey, we're going to lose out on a huge revenue stream with the media deals and with, with, you know, and ESPN and, and, and Fox, felt the same way and so they're they're doing this and they're they're just going big guns because they had to protect their market share it's all about money follow the money follow the money yep yeah um that's i, I think it's an amalgam of things i think that's definitely uh, that's definitely one of them uh i think another is uh su surviving right okay um because yeah. there's a great purge coming yeah there is and uh, some people are going to get left on the outside. Uh, and <laughs> as much as I think UW and Oregon are going to the Big Ten, I also feel UW and Oregon are going to be pitted uh, as, uh, you know how like Seattle's always used as the next expansion for the NBA? Yep. And don't you dare move your, don't you dare move the Milwaukee team or else we'll send them to Seattle, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see UW being strung along for about, I, I calculated about three or four years. Oh, okay. I could see that. That's going to suck. Um, when, uh, the Notre Dame domino has to fall first. Well, they've signed, they've recently signed their own deal, haven't they? With, with NBC and, 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 um, no, that yeah. deal expires. Yeah. No, they, they no, they re-upped. Re-upped it really. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're going to stay independent. Because they can make more money that way. They're the only school that can do that. You can't convince BYU of this, by the way. But they're uh, well, the they only school that can do that. Yeah, they need to wiggle out of that uh, ACC thing, though. Uh, they are apparently pretty happy where they are. Wow. Because um, they so get a they get a big you, cut you with ACC. That. You say that, but they're they're bringing in sixty million, 
And with that new deal, each Big Ten team's making eighty million. Don't you think they want? Well, with the new deal, with the thing, with the the thing with their new deal was it wasn't just NBC. It was like Fox is getting some games, and and ESPN was getting a game or two. It's like they Uh, they they pit. That's only when they play Big Ten teams, though. Okay. uh, Okay, Yeah. The rest of the games, it's not it's not a part of it. Okay. (laughs) But Um, I mean, I mean, still the thing is, that's the that's the big carrot that the Big Ten wants. Well, they get they get a large large amount of money of their own, and then they get whenever they play against ACC, they get ACC money too. They're double dipping. Yeah, I know, and that that goes up to sixty million for the pair of those combined. That's okay. the numbers I got. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, well, I think if the ACC collapses, because there is a way to disband the ACC. Uh, I believe if if it's eight teams vote, we're out. Okay. And you just need the whole thing. Okay. Well, yeah. No. Um, and it, and the media the media deal is basically a suicide pact at this point for how little you get for how long. So well, teams might just say, you know what? Guess what? We don't exist anymore because we want a better media deal. Exactly. Exactly. And that would be the that'd be the key. There is uh, the granted rights no longer become an issue because the conference is not a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, you know, I it would be. It'd be a huge blow to the ES to ESPN in that case because ESPN has that contract. Why don't we just detonate all conferences, create like one super conference with like thirty to forty teams in it, divided by divisions in their in their respective like you know regions or whatever, and then introduce relegation and promotion. And have a lower league where all the other teams are, and the top, you know, say four down there, or or in those they have respective divisions as well for regions, and then they can get promoted up into the top, and and the bottom ones fall out, and so forth. Let's go full English football on this. I I I'm on board. I why why, why can't it be a line down the middle of the United States and then the north versus the south and. Sure, uh, I'm, I'm because, just saying, you know, because Matt and his politics have already started that. So, oh before. wow, uh, no, Mason Dixon line, Mason Dixon line doesn't apply anymore. No, I'm just saying, like, I, like I you do, like the time zones, west coast, you know, west coast, mountain, central, no, I, midwest, and, I, I, and west coast, east coast. I like what you're saying, but I think what you need to do is throw regions out of it and just say, well, for sake of travel, because you've got to think of other sports other beyond foot. Well, that's the thing. Would this just be for football? I think this would be just for football. It's, yeah. It's, okay, but you also still have I mean, to think of travel time because these these guys have to still supposedly attend class. You do, but the theory here is that at uh, the A level, the top level, which what do we want to say, sixty four teams? Maybe. Yeah. Thirty two teams. I don't know what it is, but at, at that A level, you have to be willing to to spend the expenses. Uh, we'll group you as best we can into like territories so you're saying every year it would be re and be realigned every year would be realigned because the the bottom let's say if it's 64 you see the bottom you're relegating and i don't know what it is uh the the ones who can't compete they're going to be knocked down you bring in the 10 highest of the i'm just choosing 10 as a random number Uh, yeah so maybe you do like 48 at top and so it's what four divisions of 12 yeah it was something like so then like the bottom like three in each division drop um i think i could do 48 
Yeah, so you do forty-eight. You do you do forty-eight, and then it's four divisions of twelve. Of twelve. Well, and yeah. so you do you like the, the bottom, bottom two in each. The bottom so two. So that would be yeah. a that'd be you lose an eight every year. Yeah. And then the bottom the the the, the top just the top eight from down below come on up and then you be, reshuffle it. I, I would not be against that because you go forty-eight in the top tier A, forty-eight in the next tier B, forty-eight in the last tier C. You know. That'd work. Uh, yeah. Or even at the bottom tier is just and the rest, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's where you got your incarnate word. Or I mean, uh, I, actually, they're pretty good. I mean, they're just another level down below. But but I mean, like, look at um, New Mexico State. Like, they're just there. Like, what are they doing? They're, yeah. They're not doing or anything. UTEP. You mentioned UTEP earlier. Yeah. The Roadrunners. They uh they they just exist. Or, oh no 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 no. UTEP's the minor. Oh, UT, UTSA are the are the uh, Roadrunners. Sorry, Roadrunners. UTSA had a good year last year. Okay, but uh, uh, UTEP, it, they're just they just exist. They're just there. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> uh, Texas State. Um, they just exist for the movie Unnecessary Roughness, with um, what's his name from Quantum Leap. I thought they went to college basketball back in like '67. Okay. <laughs> So they they known for two things. So so right? yeah. Well, what have you done for me lately? Sorry. Uh, you know yeah. There's there's some teams that just it's like why do they exist? It's like the, the, obviously the school doesn't care. They just feel like they in order to be in the conference they have to have the program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in order to be in the Pac-12, Arizona has to field the football team. Do they really want to? <laughs> eh. Here's the deal, and I know it's what people are going to complain about. Like, let's just take a team like UCLA. You know, in our format, they might have got knocked down in relegation. Yeah. But here's my thought. Well, go be better next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Good point. Right back up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, let's take, well, hell, let's even take uh, UW as an example. Uh, that Jimmy Lake season, everything was in turmoil and everything was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, they, it wouldn't hurt to take a year off of the top level. Take the to pressure figure off. out your coach, to figure out your situation. Yeah, regroup. Well, you'd yeah. have to figure out the transfer pro- situation because, yeah, you, you'd have everyone transferring oh, off your team. Deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't want to relegate. They want to be relegated. They want to play on a you know division one or whatever we're going to call the top level. Um, they're going to want to stay. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have to figure out a way to handle the transfers. Yeah. Well, so maybe it doesn't work in that. Well, and then also there's the TV money. The the TV money that colleges aren't going to make is millions and millions and millions that way, and and the networks aren't going to allow it because, well, they control things. Believe it or not. Well, you got also you got to also think that the uh, uh, the fans, if you get dropped down like you're Michigan and you get dropped down to level two, tier two. Oh yeah. Are you filling that stadium? You know, with uh, well, yeah. Well, think about it. What would what would happen to what would Chelsea fans do if they ever got relegated? Uh, well, it already happens. Would um, Ian Loney our, just kill himself? Our our friends over. Well, they had a they had a Russian uh, crazy guy. Uh, oh, the the dictator guy who or the the billionaire who owned the kind Ro- of the team, Ro- Roman Abramovich. Yeah. yeah, they had that guy. So uh, Ian quickly, Ian Loney quickly said. Well, they're not my team. <laughs> well, no, it's like if they get relegated, would Ian just kill himself? I mean, you know, what about what about you know it, it, what about you know 
the uh, Manchester United. What if Manchester United had a really bad year and they got relegated? So would they just it, burn already, the like we've already seen, Manchester we've already seen down? What happens in this case when you take a look at teams like um, uh, not Chelsea? Uh, when you take a look at teams like um, West Ham or Queens Park Rangers or our friends over at Swansea oh, City, when they get relegated, they lose a ton of money. They lose like all their players want to leave, and the fans stop showing up. It's yeah. just just the way it is. All right. Well, for the last part of our show here, we're going to switch over to football. We're going to we're going switch to say from football, from football to football, uh, NFL football. We're going to go pro, <laughs> and we're going to bring on the SoCal Seahawk himself, Rob English. How's it going, Rob? How are we doing, gentlemen? Hey, good. How are you? And I, I use the term gentleman very loosely, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Abraham's not very gentle. And... Yeah, but I am a man. <laughs> Indeed. Right. I will, I'm going to take all? your word for it, all right, more than anything. All right, here we go. Let's get to it. You guys got the outline for, for this part of the show, so we're going to dig right in. Well, this is it. Geno Smith is our QB. Like it, to paraphrase Ric Flair, like it or hate it, you got to learn to live with it. Give me a reason why Geno Smith is not that bad. Somebody, anybody. He's had yeah, several you. years under the system already. So. On, one at a time, one at a time. Matt, you go first. Okay, yeah, he, he's had several years under the system already, the offense. He he knows it. Well, well, he's, he's already had one year under the system, I guess, because we only have the same system for one year now. So, right, he's, so Matt, Matt's he's, reading off the quote from Pete Carroll that he's done for every interview for the last six months. Oh, well, no, it's, I mean, it's a true, it's a true fact. It, usually quarterbacks get better the second year in a system. This is the second year. And then uh, Rob, you were going to say, well, I mean, obviously Matt took mine. Um, so uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it really Sorry. is just that. I mean, if, if we're looking, if we're looking for reasons to be happy, um, is that it? Continuity is, <laughs> yeah, con continuity, whatever small amount that we have is, is all that we have to, to bank on. So, um, you know, we went, we went through a training camp and we have to imagine that, that those, those minds in the quarterback room, uh, you know, take, took a look at what they had to offer, what was available to us and, and we made the best decision. And, and so we just, we got to run with it. When you get lemons, you got to find a way to make, uh, you know, some sort of lemonade. All right, the mines that we're talking about sound like the mines of Moria from Lord of the Rings. It's big, it's cavernous, and it's empty. Um, and then the lemons, oh boy, that's that's what I think we got stuck with as a quarterback. Um, but I'll say as a bright side, Geno Smith. Uh, Smith is the most popular last name in America. So if you want to buy a jersey, buy one real cheap. Then you don't right. have to change Watch the number, you. I guess. I don't know if your name's Smith. Why not just buy one that says Smith on the back, right? <laughs> just anyway, tell everyone uh, to change your name to, to Smith when when Gino is terrible. Oh, you change your name away from Smith. <laughs> no, no, no. Or, or or you you are your your new last name is Smith, and you just bought a jersey with your name on it. You didn't buy it to, for Gino because Gino's so bad. All right. Well, the joke was funny till Matt chimed in. Uh, give me a reason why it's worse <laughs> than we expect. Well. Oof. Well, go ahead. Is it is it is it really? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess if he goes out there and he's not even not even as good um, as as we hoped, and we uh, we don't you know we expectations are tempered. I'm sure. So if he if he goes out there and is even worse than we expect, 
I suppose that that would be the the sour the sour part. But I, I don't expect. I think Geno Smith is going to go out there and and be the guy that he was in the short period that we the short time we saw him last year. And that's that's the best we're going to get. I, I can't really think of any 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 why it's not good. It's not good because he's not Russell Wilson. I'm going to make a point here that I want you to understand. Russell Wilson is Geno Smith's biggest fan. That's it. That Geno has <laughs> one fan, and his name is Russell Wilson. I, I don't. I don't know if I should trust that because he was his okay. backup. Um, Ouch. Anyway, the uh, reason why it's worse than we expected is uh, Geno Smith could be just mediocre enough to ruin our draft pick. Uh, that was the right answer, and we'll move. That's on to that. actually that's. I can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Touché. so Touché. <laughs> so Russell the Muscle, number three, team three, sign an extension for $49 million a year with 150 guaranteed. Uh, it's an extension. Uh, uh, he's no longer a problem, but let's say that's what it would have taken for him to stay here. Do you do it? Absolutely not. Not even a bit. Oh, Brian's on the show. I'm on the show. Absolutely not. He's... At the peak of his career, I know he's going to have a few good more years, but Seattle had too many holes. That's way too much to over, overpay for a quarterback. We had uh, obviously uh, offensive line, their defense. I mean, uh, wide receivers are going, the rates are going up. I, I'm glad. I hate to see Wilson go, but I wouldn't have paid that much. No way. Maybe a three year deal, about 45 a year, but that that's Denver's problem now. I, I've been I've been fighting with people about this since the trade, and, and namely uh, my cousin, who's a New York Giants fan, so he knows about having uh, quarterback issues, um, uh, and, uh, and and he just doesn't understand. It's like no one who's not a Seahawks fan understands why you trade Russell Wilson away. It's like what do you guys not understand? There's no way that that Seattle was going to make Russell Wilson the second highest paid player in the no. league. You know, again, like there, there just it wasn't going to happen. Um, that uh, we we had too many other things to spend money on. Um, you know, and and so and I, I, my cousin would tell me, well, he, I don't understand why you would let Russell Wilson go. He kept you in every game. I'm like, yeah, but being kept in a game is only good enough to 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 lose games. <laughs> right? to, you know, to, to, like yeah, keeping you in a game does not win you games. You know, keeping you in a game does not get you past the past the wild card round. You know, so and I you just can't make him understand uh, why you would let a quarterback like Russell Wilson go. But, yeah, there's no way we pay him that money. Um, you know, we we spend that money elsewhere and and wait our turn again. I think uh, I, I completely agree. And but I want to I want to make this point. I think what he's being paid for here is past performance. I don't think he's necessarily that quarterback anymore. Maybe six years ago. I could see justified paying that much for him because when he was at his peak, and I, I think he's beyond his peak at this point, and I think he's being paid on passive performance, and I don't think that's the right way to go if you want to build a successful team. So Actually, I, dispute, I dispute that. This is yeah, not me too. paid on past performance. This <laughs> is paid on a decade long of malfeasance on the, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have okay. a terrible quarterback after terrible quarterback, and they're having to pay a premium to write the ship and they're going because they can't scout all chips in to win their division and they don't have the team to to pull it off either oh yeah they do. no they don't they're gonna yeah they're gonna finish fourth in that kind of division they have the hardest division in football and they're gonna finish fourth and they have a solid defense and now they've got an actual quarterback sorry 
for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, and even it, uh, I, I partially agree with Abraham. Um, definitely uh, Russell's is getting paid that, that, that money and it's worth it for Denver. I mean, it, it, how much, how much is it worth for you to go straight to the Super Bowl? I mean, they really are, they really are a contender with, with, the, with this, with this, uh, with signing Russell Wilson and paying him that money. They, they, you have to at least consider them as a contender, at least through, till we get midway through October and then we see what the truth is. But as of right now, they are absolutely a contender. Um, and unless we learn that, you know, they're the Washington Redskins from back in the day when they had that amazing on paper team, in, but couldn't put a win together. Um, yeah. Den- Denver's in the mix for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I agree with you, Rob. This, this is a team that like the Los Angeles Rams have decided, screw the future. We want the now. That's, that's what right. they're doing. The difference being talent level and and the the, the players that the the Who conference that they're in. The Broncos have talent. And that's really the Broncos awesome. cannot beat either of well any of their com- the conference mates. I'm sorry. Uh, you bring in the second best quarterback oh. in the conference, and you're saying they can't win. You have their defense, and you're saying they can't win. They just barely missed the playoffs, dude. And now this puts them in the playoffs. For sure. I disagree completely. But okay. Oh, you think they're going to get it worse? Put, it- okay. I think they will finish fourth. I think there's an arms race going on in that division, and they did not keep up. Oh, my God. No way. That's just me. You are way off. I'm sorry. No, I put them number four. (laughs) I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one out there putting them to finish fourth in that division. Okay? That division is rough. Okay? Think NFC West. Think NFC West, uh, you know, a couple years ago when it was, you know, when the Niners were at their peak, when we were at our peak. When the Cardinals were were good, you know, I mean, it was again, it was rough. Again, you're, I, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that, but you're missing my point. They had the biggest upgrade of any AFC West team. You can't deny that. That's not that's not deniable. The three it wasn't other enough. Teams did not make. Hang on. The three other teams did not make as good of improvement to their team as the Denver Broncos did. I disagree. Okay, name one other. Chargers. Well, I'm ready for this. You name it, dude. Who Chargers. Well, who did they I- add? They added Khalil Mack, and they yeah. added J.C. Jackson, uh, fixing their uh, their their um, their secondary, and they upgraded their offensive line even more, and they kept their, their kept their amazing uh, receivers, and they have one of the best young no, quarterbacks no, no, in the no. league. No, no, no. I upgrade your your key point was Khalil Mack, and a quarterback is worth more than a corner. That yeah. Khalil Mack is not a cornerback; he's a pass rusher. I, I a know. Quarterback I... is worth more. The quarterback, Russell Wilson, is more important to Denver than Khalil Mack is to the Chargers. That's a fact. And I agree with that. That's a bigger improvement than the Chargers made. I'm not wrong. Am I wrong? No. The, 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 the overall value add with Russell Wilson versus any of the additions the Chargers made, it, it's overwhelming for the for overwhelmingly overwhelmingly to, to Denver. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it isn't to say that Denver's going to go win the division. I, I won't even say that. But as far as value add to the team, Denver all day. So and 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 to Abe's point, they just barely missed the playoffs last year. They were contenders, and with with a, such a huge value add, you have to at least give. You have to at least tip your cap to them. At the very least, if they make the playoffs, Russell Wilson's going to make plays. I mean, let, let them sneak into the playoffs. That's <laughs> their Wilson, only chance. You know, that, that, 
Right, but once you're in the dance, that's all that matters. You know True. what I mean? So I mean, you know, so, but let them. Where are you saying that's their only chance? I'm sorry, yeah, I mean, I, like, some, they're not getting past so that division. You can see the end of the future. Like Patrick Mahomes might not get injured, or your your buddy Justin Herbert might not get injured. Let's face it, Chargers didn't even make it to the playoffs last year. So there right. you go. There you go. Right. Speak, there. That, speak that, up. That division. Say hey, say your point, soul man. Hang on, hang on, guys. You're on the show, Brian. Yeah, say say your point, soul man. I was I was waiting, so I had an opportunity. <laughs> no, 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 jump in. You can't just yeah. No, I, I 100 agree with Abraham. I it's hard for me to say, but I 100 agree with Abe's had to say. Wilson is the biggest, probably one of the biggest additions in the entire NFL. Uh, he brings at least four more wins to that team. So if they were eight and nine last year, they're definitely going to be 12 and five, 13 and four. He, hands down, man. And I, I really see them competing with Kansas City because I think what's his face that Mahomes is is went from awesomeness to a great quarterback because he's gonna have he doesn't have Tyreek Hill and he's got a couple other new faces to throw to. It's gonna that conference is gonna be AFC West is gonna be fun to watch though. So. Okay, that, it will, it will that, be fun to watch. Got the last word on the subject. Brian got the last word. That, oh come on, let me say one more thing. <laughs> Let's. You want, why he wants to talk about why I'm wrong. Oh, no. We just explained why you're wrong. Okay. Moving on. We're beating a Matthew to death at this point. Moving on. Uh, so, wide receiver core for the Seahawks. Is it up to your satisfaction? Of course, I am not referring to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett because they are amazing. I'm talking about some of the backups. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, a couple of the guys who were dropped, like uh, Patrick Swain or Freddie Swain. Swain. And then uh, the guy we got from Patrick Swayze. <laughs> it was Freddie Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain. Swain. I second Patrick Swayze. <laughs> and then the guy we got from the Eagles uh, was it Arisiba Whiteside? Whiteside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you guys think of this wide receiver court? I have concerns uh, with D. Eskridge. I still haven't seen him on the field enough. I haven't seen him. Ever, I mean, I understand he's had injuries and and everyone has injuries, but I have concerns about his durability and and part of this offense. Uh, and I'm not very high on Penny Hart. I understand why Marquise Goodwin's there, uh, and I think that's a great add. But I have concerns about Mr. Eskridge. Big concerns. Yeah, I th- I, I think I think it's just a matter. I'm sorry, Soul Man. Go ahead. That's all right. Uh, no, you go ahead. I'll go after you. Uh, um, I, I, I say that it's just a matter of who is going to um, emerge as the as the true number three, um, and then and then also I I am I have a big question mark over D. Eskridge. I like to see uh, Goodwin come in, take that number three spot, uh, and then and then have Eskridge as you know I, I see Eskridge as like that um, that as Zahir Akeem from the from the greatest show on turf back in the day, just a, a speedy guy who'd get the ball in his hands. And make a big play, maybe maybe get a catch or two a game at, at at most, or you know run that jet sweep or something like that, just to just to uh, um, you know open up the defense. Um, you know, so if he can do that and and stay healthy enough to be able to do that a few times uh, throughout the season, I think that I think he's done his job. Um, so, but I think it's just a matter of who's going to step in and be that number three spot. Who's going to be that other guy who uh, who allows us to turn the corner? Yeah, that's for me. I like Goodwin as a third wide receiver, but the rest of them can go as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm thankful that we, we built our line and we got four 
pretty damn good running backs if they can stay healthy and some good tight ends, in my opinion, since our quarterbacks aren't going to be able to throw that far down the field anyways. So that's my two cents. I, I, I do want to add one more thing. I um, We kept uh, Kay Johnson and Bo Melton on the practice squad. I don't know if we kept anyone else. I didn't see. Um, I liked what I, I liked the brief glimpses out of Bo Melton that I saw in the preseason, and I'm I'm glad they they, they were able to keep him and, and and keep working with him. And you know I'm a huge Kate Johnson fan, so uh, it was good. I'm glad they kept him as well. Dropsies. Uh, I don't. This receiving core is a disaster. <laughs> you guys are sugarcoating it. It's a disaster. Yeah, I have concerns. Penny Hart does nothing for me. No, he doesn't. Um, I thought Swain was better than Penny Hart, but I guess not. Uh, Bo Melton, I was sick of watching him drop passes in preseason. Yeah, uh, dropsies. <laughs> that's what Swain had in the, in the in the preseason. That's why he's not on the roster anymore. Yeah, and what uh, what Colby Parkinson showed me was uh, he was, you know, in the back seat of that dropsy mobile. So it it eh, <laughs> a lot of. Eh, <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, and then Marquise Goodwin, we never saw. Did we ever see him? Preseason? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. No, but apparently he but killed I wouldn't it in go, camp, and he's a veteran. But I would, I wouldn't go so far, Abe, to say that it's a disaster. I mean, again, we do have two great wide receivers, and not, there, there isn't, there isn't a lot of teams that can say that we have two great wide receivers. We're sitting here trying to figure out who's going to be our third receiver. I don't think that's a bad situation to be in. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. It's, it's not the worst. It's not the worst, but injuries do happen. Didn't we and, keep Derek Young too on the roster? Yeah, we did keep Derek Young, but you okay. also have to play. You have to play a lot of sets with four receivers, like in today's right. football. And you know, it does it does make me worry that there's there's a lot of nondescript, you know, after after the two biggies. Yeah, I don't um, I don't sure. know what they see in Penny Hart. I, he's I never... really don't. I really don't. Um, but it's it's maybe more of an indictment to the rest of the guys who aren't that good. Um, is that a good idea to thrust Abe Lucas and Charles Cross into the uh, starting lineup? Usually, don't you want to like uh, ease people into those? Hundred percent, yes. Uh, Charles Cross left tackled, uh, just from what I've been reading and from what I'm watching. There, there, he's going to be a All Pro sooner than later. And and uh, Lucas and, and obviously Cross won the job. Lucas had more of a battle. I can't remember what the, who the other guy was, but. You might as well. These guys are they're they're going to be the bookends for the next you know five, six, seven years for this team, and and we're rebuilding team. So, a great idea. What was the rule I, of I, thumb I, that it was like for every rookie you have on your offensive line, you add a loss to your win loss total? Correct. That is correct. Yeah. I say I say yes on cross, but my my miss I have a misgiving about Lucas, but that's just because his name is Abe, and I generally disagree with anybody. <laughs> oh. <named Abe. laughs> Well, um cross I, I wonder i wonder if this has to do with um uh you know were they that deserving or was this just a bunch of hot garbage and they were better than the garbage that was there well with cross there is no one there's no one on the roster who can compete it, stone Forsyth was at that position. no stone Forsyth is kind of a he's a long he's a he's a backup for sure um he uh he apparently can barely move his legs i guess i don't know but anyway um 
No, uh, with with Abe Lucas, he was fighting. Jake Curhan almost won that spot out of camp, yeah. and mm. and so Lucas must have showed him something and must have really earned it. Must have stepped up that last game, that last couple the week and a half or so, to really earn it. And and it is it was a surprise because Curhan was playing real well, and everyone kept talking about how good he was in camp. Um, I was surprised that, that they handed Lucas the starting role, to be honest. Um, but if he beat out, I mean, Curran showed last year he's a capable uh, starter. Uh, and if, if Lucas is beating him out right out of the gate, then let's go. Let's, you know. Yeah. And, and if, uh, oh, doggone it. Who's the, uh, Dan, uh, Lewis, um, our left guard, Lewis. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have his leg completely removed, but he yeah. tried, and he had a. Uh, <laughs> but what but, I'm trying to say is that if his injury lasts a while, uh, Curran goes to right guard, and then Gabe Jackson moves over. Slides left over, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, apparently, well, apparently we're lucky. Apparently, Lewis isn't going to miss too much time. All right, guys. Uh, we drafted two linebackers, and then we got Nuwasu from the Chargers. Is that enough at the linebacker position? Jury's out. I mean, we're playing a new defense. I, 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 I would say even if we had Bobby Wagner back there, you know, I, I, for me, jury's out on that, on that defensive uh, second level, just because we're switching the whole thing up. Um, I, and I haven't, I didn't see anything in the, in the preseason that, that gave me any um, comfort. So um, I, 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 I'm, yeah, jury's out for me. My answer would be no. Uh, after Brooks and is it Barton that's next to him in the middle? Yeah. There's 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 just question marks and empty jerseys and space and air and and I really worry we don't have the depth there. We we really I'm concerned. I, I also question the wisdom because they list on the depth chart uh, Daryl Taylor. Uh, Nuasu and Olsen Robinson as linebackers. Yeah, and yeah. I question if they can cover running backs out of the backfield. Oh yeah, good point. Um, uh, I, I'm yeah, real I quick. Know. I'm. I agree with what Rob said. It's the jury's out. Time will tell. So much turnover in our linebackers the last few years. I don't. I can't even name more than Jordan Brooks. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they have Nick Ballore there listed as the second, uh, as Cody Barton's backup as the right interior linebacker. And that, he's a fullback? He's a fullback yeah. slash linebacker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, I can see him as the number three guy, but I can't see him as the number two guy in the depth chart for linebacker. I'm sorry. I yeah, just... there's, no, there's no depth there. Um, and, again, this is – I worry. I, you you guys are going to say the jury is out, so you're not you're not. Gonna I don't think the jury is out. I think it's no. I think it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, your answer was was it enough? My answer was no. Me too. I agree with you. Um, uh oh, all right. do you feel that there's some sort of cold wind in hell going on? <laughs> Abraham agreed with Matt. Oh no. All right, Matt. We know you love this out of your own voice. Next question <laughs> is Jimmy G. Uh, are you guys surprised he was cut? Yeah. Oh, after I wasn't, he wasn't cut. He was not cut. Sorry. Not cut. Yeah. At first, I was surprised, but then kind of thought they knew that Seattle would have tried to snap him up and a few other NFC teams. And the guy can be a quality backup quarterback, and they needed one, so why not? So, well, he renegotiated his contract, right? So he's paid yeah. more of a backup rate now. I would yep. hope. Then, yeah, I am surprised. 
yeah, I'm I'm definitely surprised he wasn't cut. Um, I I don't understand them keeping him. Um, and honestly, I was sort of in the camp of, hey, could we see him in blue and green? I would, <laughs> I think I I I, I, uh, I you know I I did a whole lot of trash talking about you know you know handsome handsome Jimmy G when he was wearing uh you know uh niner colors but um you know i i could you know i'm always gonna do that i, I, I would do that to, 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 to any any player uh, even if russell wilson went there i'd do the trash talking you know but um but if he uh came to seattle i, I you know why we watched him play against us many times he he would be a workable um uh, a workable solution there at the quarterback position and I, I wouldn't have mind uh i wouldn't have minded to see that um that project go down but Looks like it's not. I think he looked at his options and he saw his chances to start if he if he was cut were pretty slim outside. I mean, he'd have a chance in Seattle, but Pete seems pretty happy with Geno for some reason, and and so he'd probably be a backup across the league somewhere else. And no, I he, no, he I don't start, think so. He could start in uh, after the Giants today. He could start for the Seahawks. Matt. Matt, Matt, you're 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 swinging a miss tonight, dude. What's wrong? What's up with you? <laughs> I, I've got a I've I've got a different theory. Uh, is Trey Lance any good? I don't think so. Yeah. Why Why would you keep? You know, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, you keep uh, a guy like Jimmy G because, oh boy, what what if Trey Lance doesn't pan out? Um, because you know what everybody's going to do the first second. Lance throws an interception, they're all going to be like, why don't you put in Jimmy G? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's what you do. (laughs) Well, but but, but that's also the argument for for not keeping him because if they keep him, people are going to be like, anytime that happens, no matter what. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if you you don't keep him, then he's not on the roster and people can't say that. They can go, oh, why don't you start, insert guy from small college who's you've never heard of here. I think you're agreeing with what I'm saying. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm saying they should have traded Garoppolo or something to that effect. Uh, but I think they didn't because I think they think Lance is going to get uh, is whatever that percentage is. They think that he won't pan out. There is a percentage that I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's 25 percent. He won't work out. We better hedge our bets because we have a uh, NFC West championship caliber rest of the team. You know what I mean? They do. I think they're hedging. I think they're they're going to play Trey Lance. Uh, I think they're going to go with that whole um, mobile quarterback, the, the whole mobile quarterback model here. And Trey Lance is going to do a lot of the running the football. I remember the game when I when I went to um, I went up to uh, San Francisco um, last year, and you know that was uh, the, to see the Seahawks game, and and they were still bringing bringing Lance in, taking him out, bringing Lance in, taking him out. And um, when Lance was in the game, he either ran the football or threw or threw a check down. And as soon as he started throwing the ball down the field, he threw a pick. I think it was uh, DJ Reed got it. So, so um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm like, dude, this guy is, is supposed to be your, is supposed to be your, your heir apparent. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this dude. So, um, I, I am, I honestly, I was happy that they, uh, you know, they went all in with Trey Lance because I think that that relegates uh, the Niners to a battle with Seattle for the bottom, bottom of the, of the division. So, um, so we, 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 we can. We Good can point. we can potentially not finish last in the AFC in the NFC uh, West this year because it's going to be the Niners with Trey Lance at the helm. Yay, third yeah. place! 
You know, if we uh, <laughs> only win three games and it's against Denver and two against the 49ers, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for that. Right? <laughs> no, we're going to – no, come on. You know we're going to beat uh, Atlanta. And uh, who else are we playing? We're playing um, – oh, we're playing the Jets and the Giants. So oh, well, so we're going to get, like, at least four the, We lost to the Giants last year. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna get at least like three wins or four wins more uh, more than you're saying, I guess. Hey guys, quarterback uh, Sean Mannion out of Oregon State just got signed to the practice squad. Does that move the meter for you? Who cares? <laughs> All right, I, I, feel the I same way. think they got the wrong quarterback. <laughs> Carson Strong is out there. I'm just saying, it was the wrong choice. All I want to say is that uh, Malik Willis, and I'll just leave it at that. Well, Malik Willis is not available. available. <laughs> Carson Strong was cut, and he is available. He's I, a waiver claim. I'm just saying that I'm I'm mad about it, and I'm mad at you guys for not agreeing with me about it. Um, and, okay. And that's all I have to say about that. Your objection is noted. You're talking about the quarterback <laughs> that got pulled for not throwing the football. A yeah, he got, he got benched by his co- coach because at quarterback he wasn't throwing the ball. I don't. I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear it. I, I, he'll never live that down. It's not 1957, and we're running the single wing offense here. You have to throw the ball as a quarterback. You can still run it sometimes, but you know he should. Ten years from now, if if he's run. on a, his like eighth Pro Bowl appearance, I will still be bringing up that story. He will never live that story down. Well, but when you join a team, shouldn't you run? You know, impress the coaches by running the plays they asked you to play. <laughs> <laughs> to run. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, last question for the day. <clears throat> this is a rebuild year. I don't think any of us are going to tell any tales out of school like it's not. But uh, here's a big question. Why is Pete Carroll here still? Because he's coming it all down. Look, yeah. He's an egomaniac and he can't let go. He's, I'll go last on this one. He's, he's still here because... He brought a championship to the city. He's been made the playoffs almost every year. He rebuilt when he came in, I think the year before we were crappy. And then he went seven and nine and he's been a winner ever since. Oh, we, we were all there. We were all there for that, Brian. Yeah. We remember that. <laughs> we were here. It was good times. I'm just, I'm just saying that he's got ownership. Unless ownership sells with the team. There's the they're key. Gonna, they're going to keep him to, at least to the end of his contract. We oh, have that's a, a tricky part. Is that's, Jody Allen. that's the key. Um, we have an absent owner. Well, Jody Allen is uh, actually required to sell the team at some point by by will of Paul Allen. Um, but she's trying to find a way not to do it. So she wants to keep the team, but, but she can't. But not, but not really, but kind of. But she's not yeah. really active with the team and managing it or anything like that. Well, we, have, we have an absent – we, we have kind of an absent yeah. owner who is letting it just continue. The He's – Pete Carroll has proven he's a decent coach, and John Schneider has proven he's a you know acceptable level GM to the to the ownership, and so she's just kind of letting it continue on the on the autopilot. She's not as absent as you think she is. That is she why he's still here. I, I think she she got sweet talk by Pete. That's if, my thought. If if I was the owner, I would have fired the two of them maybe three years ago. I heard what by Rob. I, this I think I think Rob has comments. Let's hear what Rob has to say. He's our expert. I can feel his blood pressure. I, I'm not. I, 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 he's been awful silent. 
My blood pressure. A Abe said it started out. Where I I'm, I'm about to have a stroke right now. You guys are out of your minds. You're out of your mind crazy. Listen, I just heard Matt say that Pete Carroll was a decent coach and that John Snyder was an acceptable GM. I, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now. Look, these, those, those two men, I've said this a million times, those two men have brought this franchise to the greatest era ever. I, I just, I don't, I, I'm, there's no way you're going to convince me that just because we've, we've, we've trended downward uh, 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 for a little bit here and, and, and done what every, what typically, basically every other team does from time to time, which is trend downward. So you figure out a way to trend back upward. You're not going to convince me that they, they don't know what they're doing anymore. That's psychosis. They, they, these guys have shown that they know what they're doing. They took a, a, a band of misfits, misfits and turned them into champions. And you have to give them the chance to do it again. Now we go, I mean, look, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't just throw coaches away. You know, and, and they have sustained sustained success. Like you guys, you're killing me. You're killing me. The, John Snyder and Pete Carroll are, are should have should have statues of themselves in front of the stadium. They should have statues in front of the stadium. And 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 you're not never going to convince me that they need to go because this team has finally tapered off a little bit, and we're now going to have to deal with. Uh, a couple of years potentially of of not being one of the teams that is automatically considered a Super Bowl contender for a while. We went through the '90s. What you guys? Well, we've done this before. These guys came and they brought us to the pinnacle. And yeah. now, you, now we're just gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Do you feel better? And I'll leave it at that. Do you feel better? Yes, I feel better. Yeah. Now. Okay, good. Okay. Right. Let, so let off that pressure. You yeah. disagree with us? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are killing me all right well we're getting to the end of our show here <laughs> but we always like to finish on an up 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 beat note. Uh, and maybe you know maybe a few uh breaths deep breaths some yoga might get robert back to you know his same Usa, Usa. um i think i think next time rob's in seattle he's gonna he's gonna strangle me when he meets me <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm going to actually start with Brian. Who, who's your shout out to this week? My shout out is to my parents. Tomorrow they celebrate their 56 year wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Congratulations oh, to them. Yeah, thank you. Very cool. Uh, I'll do the next shout out. And that is to our friend, uh, Brent Goodwine's uh, nephew, who just started for the Weber State. Uh, are they the Wildcats, I think? Um. Uh, yeah, his nephew, uh, Max Tupeloa. Uh, what, what is he again, uh, Matt? Is he a uh, linebacker? I think he's a linebacker, yeah. Is he a linebacker? Okay, so, you know, as we'll watch when they play against these, we'll look out for him. And good job, Brent Goodwine, and having a nephew uh, in in uh, Division One sports. Wow, they, nice. won, they won 41 to 5 tonight. Oh, very nice. Any stats for Tupeloa? Uh, oh, well, let's hold on here. Well, Matt's looking that up. Uh, Rob, I'll, you can go next for it. Shout-outs. My shout-out is going to go to one uh, Serena Williams, who um, after, I mean, 20 years of just dominating a sport, announced her retirement, and then yesterday decided to go and just take out the number two player in, in the world um, in the U.S. Open, who, I mean, just, I mean, she's out there just still 
just doing her thing. The, the shot that she won her match in last night, uh, uh, where she returned serve with a backhand straight down the line. And and I can't pronounce the girl's name she was playing, but she was at midcourt. Like, I mean, any other player taking that shot, the, uh, the she would have been able to get to that ball. But Serena just, I mean, just still at, at it after all these years. Um, she's ranked like 265 because she just hasn't really been playing. I think she's only won one of her last four matches, but she showed that she's still dominant out there, taking out number two in the world um, and trying to go out with a bang. So that's uh, that's my shout out. This, this nice. Week. All right, Matt, finish it off. I'm still trying to find out if he got any tackles here because ESPN <laughs> is not loading fast enough. But uh, my shout out is to my dad. Uh, my dad and I are, I'm, I'm buying and we're, we're re resuming a tradition of going to the IndyCar race at Portland uh, that we started back when I was fifth grade, I believe. We went for about eight years in a row and got tons of signatures and met all the drivers and the famous drivers back then and, all, and had a great time just, you know, dad and, and son, father and son weekend. And we're resuming that uh, tradition on Saturday. I'm driving us down to Portland nice. and we're going to have a good time and, and hitting a good steakhouse and, and have a great time. And I'm looking forward to spending the weekend with my dad. Nice. Great. Nice. Well, nice. thanks everybody for listening to us, the Seattle Sports Union. On behalf of the SoulCal Seahawk, Rob English, Brian Lissell, Lance Olak, that damn dirty duck, Matt Page, myself, Abraham DeWeese. We'll see you guys next time. Go Hawks. Recording stopped.